You're listening to the Plane Talking UK podcast, the UK-based podcast written by a passenger for anyone. And here are your hosts, Carl Stebbings and Simon Walthorton. Well, welcome to episode number six of the Plain Talking UK podcast. I'm Carl Stebbings, and uh, with me in the studio, the kitchen studio, is my co-host Simon Walthorton. How are you, Simon? Yes, I'm fine, Carlos. How are you? I'm very well, I'm very well. And so, how have you been over the last uh, sort of week and a bit? Um, a little bit hectic. Uh, my mum's uh, slipped over last week and uh, broke her back, so uh, which is uh, a shame. And she's in the hospital now, uh, oh, trying to recover. So that's going to be a long haul, I think. Is she uh, is she recovering? Um, well, she's got to wear a like a corset jacket, um, so she oh, can get up and uh, be able. But um, I think we're going to be busy next year, looking after her and getting carers in. So it's going to be a, quite a strange year next year. So uh, wishing Simon's mum a speedy recovery. Then, so we've had a uh, short little break. We didn't uh, get to record an episode last week, but uh, we are obviously back this week in full uh, full aviation. Uh, Regalia, aren't we, Simon? Yes, yes. We've got uh, plenty of news. Yeah, I'm feeling a little bit festive. uh. Yes, we were. I hope you enjoyed that little jingle at the start of the show uh, there. We were definitely feeling uh, rather festive, we were. So um, we're going to start the show then, as we always do, and uh, we're going to kick off with some of the news that's been going on in the UK and around over the last week. So if you're ready, Simon, we'll kick off with the news. Yes, I'm ready. Right, let's go for it. So we've got uh, lots of news to get through on the show today, so we're going to kick off uh, the first bit of news, which uh, was the first bit to hit uh, the UK last week, and that was the air traffic control glitch uh, at the Nats Centre in uh, Swanwick in Hampshire. That's the National Air Traffic Control Service. There was uh, chaos all around the UK at airports, including Heathrow and Stansted and Gatwick, and uh, it was all caused due to a, a, a switching uh, error between uh, the uh, control centre switching from nighttime operations to daytime operations. Did you uh, did you see this one on the news, Simon? Yes, I did. Uh, that seems quite um, quite a lot of uh, disruption to all the flights, and uh, they need to uh, look into this so it doesn't happen again. Because that's quite a, I suppose, can be quite a serious uh, thing uh, having this uh, happen. Yeah, it, uh, it managed to disrupt uh, quite a lot of flights all uh, all across across the UK. Um, the problem occurred when uh, 23 controllers on a night shift at Swanwick handed over to the 125 controllers on the day shift at 6am. And it wasn't until 7.30pm that Nats announced the problem had been fixed that day. So Nats, the National Air Traffic Control Service, said that by 4pm they'd handled uh, 2,576 flights compared with 2,905 flights that were dealt with the same time last week, meaning that they were operating at uh, 88% of their normal capacity. 
So that uh, not not great there. Uh, a glitch that really uh, shouldn't have happened yes. and that has managed to cause um, yeah. quite a lot of cancellation. Two hundred and twenty-eight in total at Heathrow. Yes. Um, arrivals and departures. Yes, and then also um, tying in with that um, about the, uh, um, I think that fog we had over London uh, the other day. That was uh, quite heavy, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. With the fog, did. Uh, did disrupt quite a lot of flights over the UK. It was quite a thick fog, and it didn't really lift it at all. No, over, over no. A few and days um, we... I was looking on the uh, flight radar tracker, and um, there was hardly any uh, big flights um, at all uh, coming in from the US. They were, um, I think, a lot of them had been diverted uh, to Europe, uh, but there was a, little, a few regional jets flying and uh, flittering about, but nothing big. And uh, at one point, I looked at Heathrow, and it was just empty there was nothing uh, taking off or landing and uh, saw on the news a uh, fog bank all over london and the surrounding areas and you could just see the tops of the uh, skyscrapers in the center of london mm. and that was it and it was just like the cloud had dropped below that and just covered the whole of the uk in um, thick fog and so that had quite a lot of uh, problems uh, sort of not just at heathrow gatwick and uh, numerous other airports in the uk so quite a big uh, Disruption all round. Yeah, so fog, not a great thing for airports, really, no. fog. Although no. aircraft can still obviously fly in fog. Yes. Um, but it just makes the actual running of, of the airport ground, especially ground operations and stuff. But most airports nowadays do have the uh, ground radar, uh, so they can follow the movements of aircraft while yes. they're on the ground. Unless they've been taken out by an aircraft, which did happen yeah. uh, the other day. We've, we've got, the day. We have got that coming. Actually, it's funny you say that, someone. We've got that coming up on uh, one of the news um, bits that we've got a little bit uh, later on in the show. So next piece of news then uh, in the in the news for this week is uh, a bit of Ryanair news, because we can't go a week without doing a bit of Ryanair news. This one is um, uh, about Ryanair cutting the excess baggage fee by 50%. So Christmas is coming early for Ryanair customers um, on the 9th of December, um, which was, uh, was that last week, wasn't it? We're, yes. we're recording this on the 16th. Um, on the 9th of December, they have cut Ryanair have cut the excess baggage fee by 50% from £20 to £10 per kilo. So that's good news then if you're, um, if you're going to take uh, uh, an overweight um, or oversized baggage, piece yes, of baggage on a Ryanair flight. I think flight. they could do a lot better than 50%. Uh, the lowest cut by half. I think they can go a little bit further than that. I think they'd go up to 75%, wouldn't you agree? <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I think they could take the uh, the knock. I think Ryanair they do yes. they, they do make um, a, a fair amount of money with all the bits and pieces they add on. Yes, yeah. So good news there then. Uh, well, well, slightly good news anyway for passengers of Ryanair. So um, you won't have to pay so much uh, with an excess baggage fee as of well as of the ninth of December. Um, well. I'm flying with Ryanair hopefully this year again. So, um, but I never that's never been something that's really um, worried me because I always tend to measure my hand luggage cases and always make sure my cases weigh the appropriate amount before I fly. Yes. Do you, do you weigh your cases um, before you go? I have done when I've been going to the states because they are um, getting pretty hot on how much uh, you're overweight. But um, I must admit, going to the US with United Airlines or Virgin Atlantic. They do, um, I go skiing a lot, so they do allow you um, winter sports um, mm. baggage allowance on top of your normal um, uh, allowance as well, So, which is uh, pretty good. Um, but 
I have been a little bit over now and again, and they don't normally sort of they turn a blind eye to that, which is good. Um, otherwise, that would cost quite a lot. So yeah, right. So next piece of news then, moving swiftly on, is uh, is a bit of news that we had uh, last week uh, regarding the American Airlines and U.S. Airways merger. Um, which is now finalised. Um, shares in the new American Airlines group begin trading, or they began trading last week, um, as US Airways and AMR Corporation, and they finalised their merger to create the world's largest airline. Um, Labour groups from the old American will receive a 13.5% equity stake in the new carrier, valued at $1.04 billion. And uh, the deal is the latest in a series of mergers that will leave four airlines controlling more than 80% of the U.S. air travel market and with more power than ever to limit seats and boost profits. So it's the world's biggest airline now, Simon. Really? God, that's that's quite um, extraordinary, isn't it? Yeah. Um, the- I suppose uh, the good thing about this is uh, when these airlines do link up, they can... Obviously, I say they can. They obviously code share under each of their own uh, sort of airline name, like US Airways and American, and and, and then change and then use other sort of uh, airports which they can uh, share with. Yeah, and obviously jobs as well. It, it, yes. It's good for jobs, yeah. keeping, keeping people in jobs and creating new jobs. Just reading here as well, it says um, that the, the, the new American has a global network now with almost 6,700 daily flights uh, to more than 330 uh, destinations in more than 50 countries. It has over 100,000 employees now worldwide, which is, is pretty awesome, isn't it, really, yes. for, um, for employment and stuff We're in a, in a, a sort of the current situation that the world's in at the moment with employment yes. and that that's um, that's good news yeah and obviously uh, according to this um, uh, news report they are going to leave the uh, star alliance on march the 30th 2014 and enter the one world which i believe is ba yeah and uh, i know american airlines were in fact uh, linked up with them before this um so this is a uh, another step forward that is yeah that's that's um, it's good news. At least, it, like I said, it keeps people uh, it keeps people in jobs. You know, there's um, there's no news of any anyone being um, made redundant or anything like that. So that's good news there. So keep your eyes open for that one, then, people. For uh, next time you fly to the states, um, if you fly American, you'll be flying the uh, the world's largest airline. Yeah, so I like the uh, new livery on uh, that American Airlines. That's quite nice, isn't it? That is nice. Yeah, uh, the uh, sort of uh, tail fin on that. It's really nice. So the next piece of news, which um, which is in front of me here, is uh, about a British Airways aircraft, actually, uh, that was jetting off to New York, um, but was grounded after a runaway rodent was spotted on board the aircraft. So 350 passengers en route to New York uh, were told their flight was going to be cancelled as a mouse was seen on board, and the aircraft could not take off until the a uh, mouse had been found. This is at Heathrow. That's uh, strange, isn't it? <laughs> How the heck did it get on? Did it, it must have climbed the steps or went through the uh, one of the tunnel tubes uh, which the uh, passengers uh, board on. Um, but uh, this is quite a serious uh, matter because if uh, any uh, rat or rodent of any kind 
gets into an aircraft or anywhere and there's cables around which are there's lots there's miles and miles of cables on an aircraft and they start chewing through those cables you're yeah, in big could, big that trouble could prove to be quite uh, bad it does say that BA did do this because uh, it you know it could have caused damage putting passengers at risk um and there was like I said we there was 350 passengers on board um and so it's so it's understood then that the uh, rodent took several hours uh, to find by staff um while passengers who'd been due to fly to the US on the Friday were offered alternative flights the following day so I mean at least everyone got there um, safely anyway yes, yeah yeah, yeah that's the main thing that's um, the main thing safety always comes first no matter where you're flying to or from or um, what uh, rodents you're carrying that's right yeah that's it yeah so a, a good outcome from that one then. So moving on then, next piece of news is uh, from Thompson Airways. Uh, Thompson's uh, Airways have brought their first uh, 787 Dreamliner to Luton Airport. Luton Airlines staff who'd been working uh, on the new aircraft viewed it for the first time yesterday, which was just last week. Um, and they Thompson flew their Boeing 787 Dreamliner into Luton Airport. The airline, which has uh, 2,000 employees in the town of Luton, brought 700 of its workforce, including engineers and staff, to view and board the aircraft. Early this year, Thompson became the first UK airline to take delivery of the 291-seater long-haul aircraft when it flew into Manchester. Among the Dreamliner's features is its ability to recreate the sunrise and sunset of the customer's destination, and also wider seats and a higher humidity level in the cabin as well to reduce the effects of jet lag. So hopefully this year, Simon, or sorry, sorry, next year, uh, January, I'm uh, hoping to fly the 787 home from Oman uh, with Qatar. But uh, you'll have to give us a um, uh, run up and uh, give us a rundown on the. Uh, what the uh, plane is like and everything, and how uh, how I feel when yeah. we get home. Yeah, yeah this humidity thing—I've uh, never heard of that before. That must be—they um, seem as though they're trying to sort of uh, eradicate uh, jet lag and everything. So I think it's when you when you're flying long haul, the, the, which I found a few years ago uh, flying to to Dubai and Mali um, in the Maldives and that. You tend to feel very dry, yes. very dry, yeah. sort of in, you know, in your head when yes. you get off aircraft. Yes. I think with the raised humidity, they're trying to to make it as much like being on the on the ground as such as they can. Yes, yeah, and uh, obviously uh, that's why they bring all the water around uh, constantly, so you don't dehydrate on the aircraft. Um, but the uh, jet lag, I know one aircraft you didn't used to get that on was Concorde because the flight was so short. Yeah, yeah, definitely, it's a very short flight. But unfortunately, those days uh, uh, long uh, gone. are long gone. Yeah, so uh, so I'll I'll uh, come back in a podcast next year. Hopefully, we'll still be here, Simon, and uh, hopefully bring you some news on uh, what I thought of that. So, next piece of news then is uh, another piece of BA news. Um, this one is regarding their A three eighties. So, British Airways will begin flying their 380 to Washington Duels and uh, their Dreamliners are going to go to Philadelphia uh, from next year. So, the carriers are going to deploy their A380 Super Jumbo Jet on its London Heathrow to Washington route starting on September 1st. 
Uh, with that, Washington Dills will join Los Angeles and Hong Kong as destinations BA are going to serve with their largest passenger jet, the A380. BA also plans to put the A380 on its London to Johannesburg route um, beginning in February. As for the 787 Dreamliners at BA have got, uh, the airline plans to deploy uh, the aircraft on its Philadelphia to London route starting on June the 5th. And uh, BA has already announced plans to use Dreamliners for its service between t- uh, London and Texas, capital yes. of Austin. Yeah. It seems as though um, they did have uh, one Dreamliner, uh, not Dreamliner, uh, A380 to start with. Yeah. Um, but I don't know how many they've got now. They must be uh, starting to get a few more trickle through from the factory. Yeah, I'm not sure whether BA have ordered any more 380s or not. We'll have to look into that. Yes. But I'm sure they sure they have yes, yeah. to support their... Um, support their routes but at the moment uh, on on those some of those routes BA are using um, the 767 which is quite an aging aircraft yeah. now but still a, still a very good workhorse so I've, I've yes. flown on one quite a few times yes, now uh, I um, like that aircraft it's uh, I suppose it's a little bit similar to a Airbus A300 would you say what the 76 yeah, it's a wide body it's a yeah. wide, the 76 is a wide body um, yeah. um, aircraft um Depending on the airline, is is normally with a twin aisle, the three and four and three yes, or yes. three. Yes, I've four done and two. a uh, Northwest Airlines from uh, Skipole Airport to um, the US on uh, that, and uh, that's quite a comfortable uh, flight. So, yeah. so head of BA has received great customer feedback um, from customers saying that their new aircraft and new interiors um, are going down well with their new with the new customers on the new aircraft. So. That's good. I'll, that's uh, be nice to fly BA. I've never, I've actually never flown in all my years of flying. Never flown with BA at all. No, no, no. no. Have you flown with BA? Uh, yes, um, quite a few years back, I've uh, flown uh, VC10. Can you believe it? Oh, blimey! That's your aircraft. That was um, to Egypt. Simon, you're showing your youth. <laughs> and um, <laughs> also uh, the uh, TriStar um, on return. Uh, from uh, Egypt uh, to uh, London Heathrow, so yeah. Oh, you're lucky. My favourite aircraft, as everyone <laughs> knows. <laughs> so next piece of news then is Christmassy style aviation news. This one um, is airports warning over Christmas crackers being uh, transported. So Christmas crackers, party poppers, snow globes and brandy butter are all to go on the festive no-fly list. Uh, this is coming from uh, Southampton Airport, which has issued a reminder to passengers that the innocent Christmas cracker takes on more of a sinister aspect in the air. What about the snow globe? Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> what I was then going to say. Um, I'm a bit confused over that. Um, a snow globe what, uh, contains water and is quite a heavy object, so I really don't know what to make of that. Do you? Yeah, I think it's probably. Just, I mean, it must be something to do with a snow globe containing, you know, a liquid. Um, yes, I suppose it's probably um, it's something that uh, doesn't go down too well at the moment with uh, liquids and stuff. Yeah, and the uh, the brandy butter um, or or brandy custard must go in the hold along with gifts such as olive oil, chutney, or pâtés. Yes, um, I'm a bit confused on that. I know there is still a liquid limit on how much you can take onto the uh, aircraft, and obviously other stuff must go in the hold. And, I suppose um, would, you, would you class brandy butter as being flammable? Yes, uh, yeah, and uh, they do those brandy snaps, don't they? And uh, I'm just wondering... Blimey. <laughs> wonder whether or not they, um, 
like because of the atmosphere and the pressure in the uh, cabin, some of these uh, meats and uh, foods and chutneys and pâtés, uh, the jars, if they're in glass jars, they could, uh, under the pressure, I know it may seem a bit daft, but they could uh, sort of break or the lids explode off. Yeah, so most airlines uh, outlaw um, crackers being uh, taken on board. Although Flybe, who is uh, one of our local uh, airlines here, Flybe, who flies from Norwich Airport, allow a maximum of 12 crackers as long as they're sealed in their original packaging and they can then be put in the hold. Yes. But as for party poppers, they are a 100% no-go. And they're not permitted anywhere on any aircraft flying in or out of Southampton. Yes, um, because you've got to look at it like this. The party poppers and crackers, they do have a small amount of explosive charge in them. However small or minute that is... I'd that, say party poppers have probably got more in. Yes, think, yeah, the they've crackers, got a yeah. rolled up uh, little piece of string uh, inside them with the explosive charge. But yes, that is uh, a safety aspect that uh, obviously, because of the explosive in them, um, they are barred. So warning to you then, don't take your Christmas crackers with you uh, when you fly. If you do, make sure they're sealed in the original packaging and uh, in your suitcase, not in your hand luggage. So, next piece of news then. Um, this is something that uh, Simon mentioned earlier on in the show when we started. This was um, regarding Stansted Airport uh, had uh, quite a few flight delays after a landing system was damaged. So, flights were barred from landing at Stansted Airport after equipment was damaged by an incoming aircraft. The Gulfstream G550 jet struck the Essex Airport's instrument landing system transmitter on the runway but it managed to land safety, uh, safely. Air tra- uh, accident investigators are investigating the incident, and uh, the airport said that departing <coughs> flights were unaffected, but there were likely to be delays and cancellations because of distru- uh, disruption to inbound flights. Uh, Ryanair reported some of its services have been diverted to Birmingham and East Midlands Airport. So that's not that's not good news at all. No, an aircraft uh, hitting an ILS <laughs> no, uh, antenna. That, what, that may have been uh, caused. Uh, we will find out, um, obviously, uh, with the poor visibility, which I mentioned earlier in the yeah, show. Yeah, the fog. Uh, yeah. About the fog. So that may be tied in with that. But to take out uh, one of the transponders uh, is quite a serious thing. So, yeah, yeah. so... For those of you listening and not 100% sure, the um, the ILS um, is a radio beam that's transmitted to uh, incoming aircraft, and the aircraft with the equipment on board can then follow this beam, um, that, which will enable the aircraft to land in poor visibility, such as fog. So something that aircraft do use yes. uh, quite a lot, very yes. often, um, and something that uh, obviously did put Stansted out of action for uh, for a little yes. while there. Yes, and uh, on a uh, similar subject, uh, Norwich Airport um, hasn't got uh, one of the transponder uh, receivers at the moment because we are back in the sort of uh, minute airport listing, so we're a small airport. Um, it's still classes in international yes, airports. Yes, I know, because it's uh, linked to the hub of um, Schiphol, Amsterdam, so yes. But I think they uh, need to upgrade uh, a little bit and then get that sorted out. So. I think we need to get more flights in and out of Norwich. I yes, think. They well, need we've to got... um, increase their international <clears throat> status. Yes, well, no flyby have got those um, two or three extra flights which are linked in with Logan Air, so that, yeah. they're going to be starting the uh, new year in, in sort of summer. Yeah, we'll keep our eyes on that one. We'll uh, find out some more news on our on our local airport, Norwich Airport. Yes, yep. yeah, definitely. So next piece of news then is uh, about EasyJet. Uh, we've got to have some EasyJet news in uh, on our weekly news. 
Uh, EasyJet are launching a fear of flying course uh, in Belfast. So EasyJet, the UK's largest airline, has put on sale six new fearless flyer courses to help the nervous traveller across Britain overcome their phobia of flying. Uh, from spring 2014, the fearless flyer courses, which are priced at £189 per person, uh, which are among the most affordable in the UK, according to uh, this news story, will return to Manchester, Bristol and Gatwick and Stanson and Luton Airports and take place at Belfast International for the first time. So the two-part programme is led by uh, a top phobia expert, Lawrence Layton, from Channel 4's Fear of Flying, and a senior EasyJet pilot. And together they will explain how an aircraft works, dispel myths and misconceptions and help participants manage their phobia. Not something I've ever had to struggle with, fear of flying, no, Simon. No. Um, but it does it does affect a lot of people. <coughs> it? Yes, it, Some it, people it are scared of, fly, of flying. Yes, um, it, it's just one of them things, you know, people do have a phobia. And I know uh, my wife's uh, mum, whenever she flies uh, on Flyby, she always asks for an aisle seat because she's uh, afraid of heights, so she does, doesn't look out of the window. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I always tend to ask for an aisle seat as well, but I think that's purely just so I can... Um, not record with my mobile phone videos out of the <laughs> no i didn't do that song not, not on takeoff and landing anyway nope. no and that that's something we've discussed on previous podcasts the electronic devices but um but no i i i can sort of set you know can totally agree with some people who do get uh, worried with flying because turbulence can sometimes be quite unnerving yes and uh, uh the strain on the aircraft um, obviously is a it does affect you inside the aircraft, um, going through some invisible patches of uh, turbulence due to uh, weather and the pressure in the sky. It's just one of them things, um, yeah. and that does uh, affect people. So EasyJet's Fearless Flyer course costs just £189, as we said, including the experience flight, which you can take as well. And participants can invite a companion with them, so you can take a family member with you and... Uh, That'll cost just an extra £69 on the course if you want to take a family member with you, which is it's a good idea, really, from EasyJet. Yes, actually, isn't yeah, it? yeah. That is, that is a really good idea. Yeah. So, moving on then, next piece of news uh, is the uh, plane landing at Manchester with uh, uh, a slight issue on landing. And when he landed at uh, Manchester, had to surge uh, the plane upwards into the sky after he mistakenly thought that another plane was on the runway. So the Monarch Airlines flight from Lanzarote was coming in to land when the go-around common, uh, common procedure on uh, landings in the UK and around the world took place. The uh, jet touching down at Manchester surged back into the air after the pilot mistakenly thought there was another plane on the runway. The Monarch Airlines flight was coming into land when the go-around was here, brought into uh, brought into procedure, and uh, passengers on board, um, a chap here in his sixties and his wife were sitting at the towards the rear of the jet, and uh, were commenting on how it felt uh, quite unnerving as the aircraft sort of surged into the sky because they had just literally touched wheels on the uh, on the runway yes so monarch airlines has confirmed that flight zb to, uh, 623 completed a full go-around procedure and a spokeswoman said that uh, on approach to manchester the airport the captain initially thought that there was another aircraft taxiing onto the runway 
And in such situations like this, the captain needs to make a very quick decision. Yeah. And in this circumstance, the uh, safest course of action was for him to perform a go-around. Wow. At least that was a, a safe outcome from that. Yes. Yeah. He um, must have obviously uh, seen another aircraft um, at the end of the runway or something. Uh, must have uh, sort of uh, made him do this. But like it says, quick thinking from the uh, yes. pilot there to, uh, to initiate that go-around. Obviously, it doesn't... Um, affect the aircraft at all on a go around it's just a a a full forward throttles you know pull back on those back up in the air contact uh, air traffic control gear gear up up and uh, uh, background for another landing yes have you ever had any uh, go arounds uh, I never have all the years I've been flying no never had uh, had a go around I've only had a couple um, but I suppose for passengers if you're preparing to come in for landing and then all of a sudden that plane has yeah, well, obviously you're reducing your power to come in on the approach and easing off, and then all of a sudden that you go back to full power. That can be quite unnerving for all the passengers yeah. um, because obviously the captain is taking control of the aircraft. He isn't going to come over the um, uh, intercom and say anything until he's got um, while he's taking uh, control of another go around uh, in the aircraft. He will obviously mention it uh, once he's on the ground because there is quite a lot to do uh, on a go around. But a good outcome from that one, yes. so he's, um, that's all all good. So moving on, next piece of news um, is uh, about something that I saw a while back. Actually, this <coughs> this one um, this one was a video which was posted on uh, YouTube, and also um, Captain Jeff from the Airline Pilot Guy podcast as well. He covered this um, this particular incident as well. And this was uh, back in June. Uh, that was on June the 24th this year when a uh, Thomas Cook uh, aircraft, um, which was uh, taking off uh, from Manchester Airport, um, had uh, a quite serious failure w- with one of its engines uh, while it was on its takeoff run. If you watch the video uh, on YouTube, um, you'll see the, the quite, there's two camera angles that you can watch the actual video from. Um, uh, one is looking at f- the front of the aircraft coming towards the camera, and the other one's from the side. And you can see that uh, there was a sudden sort of bang and a, a plume of smoke from uh, the engine, one of the, the um, uh, outboard engine. And uh, the aircraft came to a sort of uh, an immediate stop on the runway. So, moving on from that, then the investigation into the um, the acts or the incident, I should say, has uh, said that uh, it was an engine failure caused by uh, one of the fan blades coming uh, coming adrift uh, in the engine itself, um, and the aircraft uh, fractured or the actual uh, engine fan blade fractured. Um, and at the moment, it's still being investigated, obviously, to find out what happened with that particular blade on that yeah, engine. Yeah, that is uh, quite a serious um, uh, failure on the uh, engine, because if uh, any part of that uh, internal uh, fan comes off or the blades come off while the engine is going at full power, especially on takeoff or landing uh, or even in the air. That yeah, the, the jet st- itself, it was an A330 um, Aircraft and it had 325 passengers and 11 crew on board flying to the Dominican Republic. And uh, the aircraft was returned to the terminal, and the passengers obviously disembarked. And the engineers examined the Rolls Royce made engine. So the investigation is still ongoing on that. So it's just 
you can see by the um, timeline from when this act or incident happened, Simon, yes. it, it is quite a involved process of investigating yes. um, incidents like this. Yes. You know, it's not just a case of you know five minutes and uh, yeah. we know what what caused it. It's it's a, a full in depth investigation. Uh, yes, um, which which is. Um uh, done on safety and they will report back to um, Airbus uh, to give them a full um, full information and uh, help and they will obviously uh, Airbus will give their support the airline support as well in finding out what the problem is or whether they need to do a grounding of any aircraft yeah um, that particular aircraft but that uh, like we said that was if you want to look for that one on YouTube that's uh, uh, Thomas Cook a330 engine failure at Manchester Airport. The video, if you watch it, it's quite. Uh, it's a really good quality video. It's in HD, and you can quite uh, easily see when the engine itself um, has the failure. The pilot uh, instigates quite a sharp rudder movement because obviously both engines at full power. One immediately stops. You're going to you know, have to input uh, some serious rudder movements to keep yeah. the aircraft on the runway. So. Moving on then to the next piece of news, uh, it's some more Ryanair news actually, and uh, Ryanair have announced that uh, this week that they're to carry three million plus passengers this Christmas and New Year. That is a lot of passengers. That is a lot of passengers. They're set to carry a record uh, amount of passengers this year, an increase of 100,000 over the figures from last year. And Ryanair are going to operate flights up to 20 to 3 in the afternoon on Christmas Eve and resume flights at half past 9 uh, GMT on Boxing Day to facilitate its passengers' Christmas travel, while the extra flights to Germany and Poland are booking up fast this year and families are increasingly booking Christmas sun holidays on Ryanair's extra flights to the Canary Islands and winter breaks. A lot of people do tend to uh, go, uh, go on holiday this time of year. Yes, to, uh, yeah. uh, not so much escape Christmas, but I think to escape the uh, the cold weather. Sorry. Yes, yeah. Um, but having said that, it's quite mild at the moment, isn't it? I think we're about, yeah, uh, yeah. 10, 10 or 11 degrees in some parts of the UK. Yeah, as we, as we film now, it's uh, it's about 11 degrees Celsius outside, so it's quite mild. Yeah, but having said that, I know that... <laughs> Well, we both know that can change very quickly. Yes, yeah, I think the weather forecast is due to get uh, quite cooler by the uh, by the end of the week. I yes, think. Yeah. So that's a bit of good news there for Ryanair. Then they're um, going to have a, a bumper Christmas uh, Christmas thing of passengers. So, so next piece of news is uh, EasyJet news, and uh, this one's a bit more um, worrying, really, for anyone uh, wishing to travel uh, out of Portugal <coughs> with EasyJet. And this one is uh, EasyJet's Portugal-based pilots are to go on strike over Christmas and the New Year. So the pilots based in Portugal, um, Lisbon, for the uh, British low-cost carrier EasyJet, announced on Friday that they're going to strike five days over the Christmas and New Year period to demand better conditions. Um, the EasyJet pilots that are based in Lisbon have lodged strike notice for December the 13th, 24th, 26th and 31st and the 1st of January as well. So the industrial action will see the 43 company pilots stopping work for 24 hours each time with only a minimum service ensuring daily links to, uh, to Portugal's Madeira and Archipelago, a sunny location in the Atlantic off the African coast which attracts winter tourism carrying on. It's not uh, not uh, not too good then for anyone uh, no. in that neck of the woods. No, um, and to fly. the uh, times obviously December being a busy time for any airline, um, especially uh, <coughs> obviously in the UK and flying around. 
Um, but the 13th, 24th and 26th and 31st and the 1st of January, they are pretty pretty um, horrible dates uh, to do the strike. Yeah, yeah, not, uh, not, not great there. So beware of that one. If you're flying anywhere, Portugal, uh, with EasyJet over the Christmas period, you could be set for some rather nasty delays. So, next piece of news then. Uh, this is uh, the Witch Survey uh, Company, the, uh, who do all the uh, polls and stuff on various different things. Uh, they've revealed the best and worst airlines in the uh, UK. Yes. Um, <coughs> Excuse me, I'll let, that's all this tea you keep giving me in <laughs> the biscuits. The, the tea's affecting me, yeah, the biscuits as well. Um, Thomas Cook Airlines have uh, landed second from bottom in an annual poll um, of members of the consumer watchdog uh, company, which British Airways sister company, uh, or sister carrier Iberia, hit the bottom of the table in the survey of 12,000 people from which um, and flying experiences with a 28% customer score 9% lower than Thomas Cook Airlines Ryanair fared a little bit better gaining uh, just one star rating for its luggage allowances boarding pro- uh, process legroom and the quality of food and drink however the airline has since um, announced changes including um, obviously the allocated move to allocated seating and the reduction in their baggage fees something we touched on earlier in the podcast guernsey based minnow Aruguini air services at 87% topped um, the uh, list for the short haul table achieving four stars for elements such as the boarding process legroom and punctuality Swiss Air International Airlines, 82%, uh, Norwegian, 79%, Turkish Airlines, 75%, completed the top four of uh, airlines. Air New Zealand and Singapore Airlines came joint first at 87% for their long-haul flights, with both airlines gaining five stars for their in-flight entertainment, food and drink, flight punctuality and value for money. Any of those airlines... uh, you're flying with them, Simon? Yes, uh, Singapore Airlines, um, I'm not surprised. Uh, I've flown with them uh, two or three times now, and uh, the the food on there is top uh, top cuisine, no matter what uh, uh, seating you're in, whether you're in economy, premium or what. It is good, and uh, they're very, uh, the Filipinos on the Singapore Airlines are very polite, and uh, the entertainment on there is second to none, and obviously they fly the A380 now. I flew, but I haven't flown on that. Um, but I flew on the seven four seven four hundred, and that was the one thousandth aircraft out of um, Boeing's factory, and it oh, had the yes. one. I remember from the uh, the previous podcast, you said uh, you said about that. that yes, you flew on that. yes, yeah, that's and, quite an achievement. Uh, yes, and uh, I must admit that um, airline, Singapore Airlines, is one of the top, and I'm not surprised that they've got five stars for their in-flight entertainment, food and drink. And value for money because they are good. I'm surprised actually Emirates didn't get on there because um, I mean I've flown with Emirates, yes, um, with my wife, and uh, they're they're absolutely fantastic yes. airline to fly with. Yes, for like you say for f- food and uh, staff and and stuff there they were really good. Yes, right. So next piece of news following on from that uh, that that particular uh, list of airlines. So. Ryanair has been named Britain's worst airline despite changes to boost its image. Short-haul passengers gave it one star out of five for luggage allowance, boarding, legroom and food and drink. The which survey uh, survey we were just talking about is a setback for Ryanair boss Michael O'Leary, facing his first profit fall in five years. So it's... uh, (laughs) 
it's just this the same sort of news I think we sort of hear all too often I think about yes, Ryanair yeah. but I, I I do think with the changes they're making yes, now he, it's, gonna, it's gonna it's gonna it's, bu- it's gonna improve I yeah, think it's gonna improve it's gonna buck his ideas up and do something you know um, obviously which magazine I get the which magazine anyway and uh, all this, uh, people do tend to listen to that um, shops and airlines and everything and that is one of the best surveys they do on numerous things so obviously with the cut in um, baggage fees by 50% and the other things that they are doing this may push them up the charts just a little bit yeah hopefully um, the things will things will continue to improve I hope now they're starting to cut these fees and, and reduce these fees and stuff that that will make it more of a um, um, a happy sort of uh, uh, airline to fly with yeah. I think yes uh, so next piece of news then is a piece of news about Palm Air. Now, Palm Air uh, are no more, uh, but their last aircraft to fly made its final landing at Bournemouth Aviation Museum. So, Bournemouth's popular aviation museum um, has had a new addition then from uh, Palm Air, that's P A L M Air, um, at the airport, and it's a Boeing 737 200 series. So, that's the old um, steam gauge. 737 uh, powered by the Pratt and Whitney JT8D uh, engines. Um, Palm Air was founded uh, by the late Peter PJ Bath in the 1950s, and uh, his widow Liz and son Stephen were at the unveiling <coughs> of the aircraft at the museum. Stephen, who was joint managing director of Bath Travel until the business was sold in October, said, It's great to see the aircraft here. It was a big part of the airport and, of course, our family business. Palm Air was really known as Bournemouth's airline. Have you heard of Palm Air before? No, I haven't, Simon actually. Um, no, that's one airline I haven't heard of anywhere. Yeah, it's, it was kind of a, a very small family-run um, air, uh, airline um, using um, the 737. Um, but the, air, the actual museum itself at Bournemouth had been searching for um, a 737 to, to have in the museum for quite a while. So the actual donation of this <coughs> aircraft by Palm Air um, has has made a great addition to the museum yes. at Bournemouth. Yeah, now did that fly um, recently? Has it uh, flown sort of uh, recently into uh, Bournemouth? Because it doesn't actually say here, does it? Yeah, that was uh, that was in the news on the sixteenth of December. So that's actually this week that yeah. that's happened. That is, that's, yeah, uh, today. That is today. Yeah, that is the sixteenth of today. I think that's ha- that has happened this week. So a seven. Three seven two hundred. Um, there's not many of them flying now. No, no, they're a, a dying sort of uh, breed of aircraft, the two hundred series, unfortunately. But and, and that absolutely awesome workhorse, um, and uh, uh, built like um, a, a brick built house. I think we should say um, after, if you remember the Aloha Airlines seven three seven two hundred um, year a few or quite a few years ago now. Do you remember the one with the uh, decompression and the yes. top half of the fuselage was um, torn off in flight, but managed to land um, safely um, with all the passengers still in the seats, apart from one stewardess who unfortunately lost uh, lost her life and that who was who was sucked out. But apart from that, the aircraft did land in one piece yes. with quite a sizable chunk of yeah, the top I've, fuselage missing, yeah, and that, that was a seven three seven two hundred. Yes. So next piece of news then. Moving on. Uh, this one is uh, about Air Europa. Um, that's the Palma de Mallorca-based Air Europa, owned by Spanish tour operator uh, Globalia. 
They have taken delivery of their 25th next generation Boeing 737-800 on November the 5th. The aircraft Echo Charlie Lima X-Ray Voxtrot um, reduces the carrier's uh, order backlog to nine examples along with eight 787 Dreamliners. So thanks to the effectiveness of Boeing's aircraft, the airlines have been able to reduce their expenses, obviously fuel um, savings, and obviously customers, um, the actual uh, experience of flying with the new aircraft has been been great um, as well for Air Europa. So a small bit of news there for um, Air Europa. Because um, they do actually uh, fly out of um, uh, Norwich Airport quite a lot. Yes, yes, yes our, our local airport. Uh, yes, yeah. uh, 737-800. Um, and uh, my brother has actually flown on that quite a few times. And it's quite a nice aircraft to fly in and... Uh, you like that one as well, don't you? Yes, yeah. It'd be nice to see uh, a, a more um, wide sort of variety of aircraft fly from Norwich. I think it would be. Do you think it would be good to see you know a more wider array of airlines themselves? Yes, fly from um, I'm surprised uh, Ryanair and EasyJet aren't uh, flying out of uh, there. But having said that, I did. I think I mentioned it in a previous podcast. I was in Norwich. Um, on just on the outskirts of Norwich on the A forty seven, and uh, I did actually see a an EasyJet uh, Airbus had uh, just uh, left Norwich Airport. So I don't know whether that been in for maintenance, servicing, or spray uh, work because they've got the spray uh, spray the air there, which is a paint uh, workshop, um, and they do have a lot of business from uh, not just in the UK but all over Europe and uh, all over the world. Uh, not just for military, uh, not just for civil aircraft but for military as well yeah we were talking just before we started the podcast today as well about our local airport norwich airport and uh they've just started uh dis- their own dismantling um uh part of the airport and if for take for dismantling and recycling aircraft yes Simon. yes uh, that's correct uh yeah um that is something uh which is uh, i think is uh really good uh, because all the parts that are still workable and recyclable um, can be stored and taken off the aircraft and then the rest of the uh, just surplus metal parts of the wings, tail, etc. Fuselage, which can't be used, are just scrapped. Um, but most of the parts they have, they're stripping down a Northwest uh, BA-146 at the moment, or that's a uh, few of those to be stripped down. So they take away all the working parts that are serviceable and uh, could be sold on to a, uh, another airline or for another aircraft, you know, is a good thing. So, And uh, there's going to be about 12 aircraft a year and then obviously uh, going up to 24. So um, that is a good business. Uh, obviously the only one in the UK. Um, yeah. They're currently recycling or dismantling um, BAE 146s. Yeah, as, as what I said, yes. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, they are sort of an old uh, aircraft. The first one uh, which we saw, and if you go on to YouTube, it is uh, actually on YouTube dismantling the first aircraft, which is a, the BA 146. It shows you how it's done and everything. Um, but a lot of the aircraft is recycled, which is good. Yes, yes, yeah. always good. Um, obviously, spare hydraulics. Uh, units, uh, engines, uh, all stored on the shelf. Um, obviously, you've got KLM engineering there, so uh, they can soon. But they're still used, though. The 146 is still used in quite a few different yes, countries yes. over the across the world. It is yes. still a good workhorse for yes, a definitely. few airlines. Yeah, yeah. So, last piece of news then before we uh, draw the uh, weekly news to a close. Then 
Um, just some uh, delivery figures, really, um, for last month for Airbus and Boeing. Just looking at the uh, delivery figures for Airbus um, for last month, um, which totaled 59 aircraft delivered uh, to airlines. And Boeing's deliveries um, totaled 54. So 59 to 54. So it's not uh, not too far uh, between no. each other. Um, they've um, obviously uh, been uh, producing quite a few different sort of aircraft between the two different companies. Um, Airbuses have, have been delivering everything from the 319, 320, right through to the Airbus A380. Uh, Boeing um, delivering quite a number of 737 series aircraft, the 800 and 900 series, and 777s as well. And uh, also nine of those aircraft out of the 54 uh, delivered by Boeing were 787 Dreamliners going to Air India, China's Southern Airlines, uh, LAN and Qatar and Royal Brunei Airlines. Um, and also there was a freighter as well uh, delivered to Dubai Air Enterprises. So good news for both um, Airbus and Boeing. Yeah, even at the end of the year, they're still producing and um, delivering plenty of uh, brand new aircraft to uh, various airlines across the world. And just the last bit of news for, for, about Boeing. Uh, Boeing have delivered uh, their second and third 787-900 series Dreamliner, um, which is a, quite an achievement for Boeing. These um, these have gone quite well, the 900 series for, for Boeing, and uh, is the latest and the largest version of the 787 uh, Dreamliner uh, project as well. And also, uh, just a bit of news, Simon's just handed me as well. So last last piece of news then before we um, hit uh, with some military stuff next. Um, Boeing's also uh, launched the uh, 777X at Dubai on the uh, first day of the Dubai Air Show. Uh, that was in November. Uh, Boeing launched its 777X with 259 commitments from four launch customers, uh, including Etihad, uh, and Emirates and Qatar as well. So that's good news then for Boeing, and uh, we'll have to keep our eyes open for the 777X. Yes, uh, yeah, get definitely. Some, get some figures on that one. Yes, yep. So that's it then. We uh, have finished our weekly news spot, so we're going to uh, come back to you uh, just after this. So we're going to move on then with our military aviation news part of the show. So we're going to hand things over to Simon. Are you ready, Simon? Yes. Let's right, go. let's go with the military aviation news. So with the military aviation news then, here's Simon. Thanks, Carlos. Um, just a bit about uh, RAF Waddington uh, International Air Show 2013 to start with. This has been the most successful year, uh, raising over £375,000 for service and local charities, which wow. I think is uh, quite a lot of money. Um, and this air show, RAF Waddington, I love this place. It is one of um, my favourite sort of... Places along with Riyadh, um, I like going to. Uh, have you ever been there? 
No, not RF Waddington. No, I think that's another one we're going to have to put on the list. Yes, of, it um, is. It's put a, on the list of uh, to dos. Yeah, um, it's a definite this year or next year thing. And this um, obviously uh, airport um, is one of the ones where you travel up on the uh, road and on the approach you've got level crossing uh, lights. What they have at the railway stations for the aircraft because obviously the runway is a sort of not parallel with the road, but it runs across the flight path for the uh, approaching aircraft. So the, wow. as soon as the lights, the, there's a transmitter at the end uh, in the field, which sets the lights off um, as the uh, aircraft approach the runway and the, the uh, vehicles on the road have to uh, stop when lights show. So that is quite interesting. And uh, if you look on YouTube from last year, there is a typhoon that done a, a little bit of hedge clipping and uh, nearly cutting a few people's hair <laughs> because he came so low and you could actually um, see the people and they could have actually touched the aircraft. It was so low, but it is quite fascinating and uh, fun to watch. And uh, I know a lot of the people were a bit scared because he was extra low, but that was part of uh, the thing which um, they know that the plane spotters are there and and uh, they know that they enjoy it. So I think uh, the pilot just uh, gave him a little bit of a fright. Wow, wow. Yeah, so that's um, uh, definitely an air show that I'll be taking you up, up to um, in Lincolnshire, which is a, a lovely place to go. It's quite a big uh, a big air show, um, and uh, it regularly attracts 140,000 people. And one thing you have to bear in mind with this air show, if you are intending to go uh, any time uh, to the RF Waddington air shows, they only have so many uh, tickets uh, available on the gate. Uh, most of the tickets are bought in advance. So uh, one year I went, uh, we got, we approached it and they had a flood in the, um, and heavy uh, rainstorm. So it was uh, flooded out uh, quite considerably and they closed the actual, uh, cancelled the air show as we approached the uh, front gates, which was uh, very disappointing. Mm. So there's so much water on the um, car parking area um, that the vehicles that had already uh, entered had uh, obviously got stuck and it was just no way feasible to have any more vehicles into the uh, RF Waddington Air Show. So, But as I said, uh, it is limited uh, to tickets on the... They do limit the tickets to how many people can buy them on the gate. So it's well worth buying the tickets uh, in advance, um, which I always do. And plans are well underway for next year, which will... Uh, Held on the fifth and sixth of June, uh, uh, held on June the fifth and Sunday, July the sixth. I don't think that's right. Um, it must be June the sixth. So, well, I've got uh, it's uh, it's the fifth and sixth of July. Is it? Yeah, yeah. I've just uh, just quickly whizzed on to the um, Waddington's um, website. Right. Okay. Yeah. So the fifth and sixth of July next right. year. So make sure you get those dates correct and. Uh, yeah, you can buy you can buy your tickets on their website. Actually, you can click on there and yes. purchase the purchase the tickets. And right. themes uh, for twenty fourteen are a commemoration of the First World War, the sixty fifth anniversary of NATO, the seventieth anniversary of D Day, and the fiftieth display season of the Royal Air Force RAF Red Arrows. So that is quite a uh, an exciting year to be going uh, to a that air show with all uh, that list of um, entertainment. So adults for that one, 24 quid for adults, uh, £13 for children, 5 to 15 years. And if you're a family uh, man like uh, Simon is here sitting next to me, 
you can uh, buy an, an admission for a family um, for the uh, Saturday, the 5th of July, for two adults and two children, and that'll cost you £62. Obviously, you'd need, a, you'd need an extra child, or child for that one, wouldn't you, yes, Simon? Yes, and some of the uh, air shows, you do actually uh, get children in uh, free. I know uh, Riyadh, uh, children under 16 are free, so... But obviously, uh, some uh, do charge. Right, uh, next bit of uh, news is uh, Boeing delivers its 13th P-8A president to the U.S. Navy. Now, this is a, a Navy uh, 7-3, I think it's a 737, isn't it? Yeah, that's uh, that's based on the, um, that's a modified 737-800. Yeah, that's the yeah. Uh, platform. Now, I do believe uh, one of these flew into Mildenhall uh, last week. Um, so uh, that is uh, quite a quite a nice uh, aircraft, uh, obviously uh, used by the Navy there. If you look at the picture online, if you go online and look at the, the uh, Boeing P8 Poseidon, it's it's slightly different to the seven three seven eight hundred passenger jet because it's missing something on the end of the yeah, wing. Yeah, those, uh, those were winglets. Uh, winglets, <laughs> they're not there. I yeah. don't know why that is because um, this is obviously not a passenger uh, aircraft. Just a military, uh, seems like a small version. Oh, possibly, the winglets are uh, um, put on aircraft to reduce fuel costs. Yes. So whether the uh, US Navy aren't too fussed about, because uh, the fuel prices are probably a lot less in the US than they yes, are in the UK. Yes, that could be one of the reasons uh, of that. And uh, I don't know what the noise factor is on that. I wouldn't imagine that, but most probably the... What you've uh, just said there uh, yeah. does ring true. So. Powered by the CFM International CFM 56s, so the same as the passenger variant, that one's powered by. Yes. And RAF, uh, another uh, bit of news, RAF Lakenhead in Suffolk um, is the 48th uh, fighter wing, which consists of four squadrons, the 56th squadron, um, operating the uh, Combat Pavy Hawk Search and Rescue Helicopter, the 492nd Fighter Squadron, with the F-15 Eagles and the 493 Squadron. I hope this makes sense um, as I'm reading it off here. Um, the uh, Fight Squadron, the F-15 Eagles Cs and Ds. So, yeah, that looks... Uh, Not far from us, Lake no, and Heath, no, RAF Lake and Heath, no. We've got uh, RAF Lake and Heath and uh, Mildenhall. We, obviously, we used to have uh, bent waters uh, with the A-10 tank busters That's years it. ago, yeah. um, but they've obviously... Uh, Closed down many, many years ago. I don't know if you can remember the uh, A-10 tank busters flying around in pairs. I have seen them at, um, at the air shows that they used to hold many, many years ago now. Yes. Um, but just that was pre-Gulf War. They used to have the um, air shows at Mildenhall. Uh, um, used to go with my father, actually, to those. Yes. That was because um, my father was a, a fireman. Um, they used to do uh, a kind of sort of um, uh, a day for family days. They used to call it where the firefighters from the the bases used to obviously join with the firefighters from around the areas Norfolk and Suffolk around here and hold an air show. And um, I used to love that as a child going there, um, seeing all the aircraft. And the A10 was part of that uh, show at that time. But unfortunately, um, obviously when the uh, Gulf War, I mean, this is going back sort of the, the early 90s when the Gulf War started um, due to obviously the aircraft um, being deployed, the air shows were, um, were, no, were no more. Yes, uh, that is a shame because uh, 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 the Mildenhall Air Fate was a fabulous uh, and one of the best air shows to go to in the whole of the UK uh, and uh, most people would agree with me on that. Um, but unfortunately that's uh, no more. 
Um, but that that air show I used to enjoy so much. So it was uh, such a great place to go. And uh, a few years back, getting back onto the uh, A10 Tankbuster, I did uh, they did still uh, display at Riyadh? I think it was uh, must be two years back now. Saw one, but he had to cut cut short his um, display uh, due to um, engine problems. So. But he was able to display on the second day, which was the Sunday, uh, with no problem whatsoever. So, yeah, <clears throat> that was good. Right. Um, I'm going to go on to the uh, Red Arrows. Um, I've actually... Uh, are ret- they back? They are back. Woohoo! They're back. <laughs> and, uh, safely back, then. Yeah, safely back from um, uh, Dubai um, after a sort of five-week tour of the Middle East. Um which was an extension to their normal flying, and uh, it's good to have them all back in the UK, safe and sound, and all the ground crew and support crew, and administration as well, we're not forgetting them. Um, but during the tour, they've done uh, quite a lot of displays, 15, uh, which is quite a lot, in Qatar, Bahrain, Oman, Kuwait, and three locations in the United Arab Emirates. Um, and one place they have never displayed ever in their entire uh, 49-year season is uh, Kuwait. Uh, so that was another one they've added to the list. Wow. Uh, um, so they've uh, got another country to add to the list. Um, but on their uh, return to the UK, they actually done a fly past of the Lincoln uh, Christmas market, um, which was a bit overcast and cold and rainy. Um, good old UK weather. The weather's a bit up and down at the moment, <laughs> I think. It's, um, it's, it's trying to decipher whether it's going to be um, mild or, or freezing. Yes, yeah. So, but um, they are back on winter training, uh, ready for the 50th anniversary next year. Obviously, uh, they're now started uh, servicing the aircraft uh, one by one or however many they will be taken off because they do have a few spares. So they will um, all in turn get a complete overhaul as they do each year um, because their intense uh, display um, uh, slot that they do uh, for every air show. Which obviously each air show um, they do is different depending on the weather, like all uh, air show aircraft. So yeah, um, but um, Mike Turner has uh, brought the aircraft all back. Uh, not Mike Turner, Jim Turner, sorry, leader of the Red Arrows. Um, overwhelmed with the reception he's had in the Middle East, and uh, it was a privilege uh, for the Royal Air Force and United Kingdom on what has been a wonderful experience uh, for every member of the team and. Uh, Obviously, Ben Plank, he, uh, he's uh, finished uh, now for his extended season, which has been his... He's been in here, I think, three or four seasons, when normally they're only allowed three, but because um, of the circumstances of a few years back, uh, they've uh, given a couple of pilots an uh, extended uh, display uh, season. So, yeah, it should be uh, their 33-day tour, transited 11 countries, including fuel stops on the way to and from the Middle East. More than 65 engineers, known as the Blues, because of their flying suits, as well as administrators, managers, photographers, were all involved uh, with the two support aircraft carrying these personnel and equipment. Squadron leader Turner said, The tour has taken a huge team effort to arrange, involving work in both skilled and aircrew and ground crew of the Red Arrows. As a team, we'd like to thank everyone who supported us in the last five weeks and all host nations who have helped us make the successful Red Arrows tour possible. Obviously, uh, David Cameron was out in uh, Dubai uh, uh, 
and obviously he met the uh, team and uh uh, is it Ben Plank, 34, and Chris London Smith, 33? They've both completed their tours with the team, and uh, we've uh, got two new uh, pilots coming up for the next uh, next year's uh, season, which will be obviously, as I said, uh, the 50th anniversary of the Red Arrows, and uh, we'll be talking uh, quite a lot more about it as we uh, sort of uh, head into 2014. Yeah, our tickets are well and truly purchased for Farnborough. Uh, Simon, yes, yeah, as uh, as I did, I sent you a message uh, last week. Yeah. With uh, I've, put, I've got our tickets already; they're in the post on the way here. I think, um, yeah, ready for Farnborough 2014. Yeah, well, that's great. That's uh, very good. Right, uh, another bit of news. Um, if you go onto the Telegraph site, they've got a 360 uh, degree um, cockpit view of the uh, Typhoon, which is quite impressive, isn't it? It is awesome to look at. You've got to look at this. Um, go, on, go on the internet. Simon, whereabouts is this Simon again? Uh, this is on the uh, Daily Telegraph um, website. Uh, it's amazing. 360-degree look inside Britain's newest Typhoon, which is the Mark II, um, which they've been uh, testing uh, in the last few weeks. Um, obviously, this is got to uh, supersede the uh, current uh, Typhoon uh, with a lot of uh, new upgrades in avionics and uh, and uh, engine performance, so it looks pretty awesome inside, it does. isn't it, Simon? The yeah, word, and all those glass screens, and, um, yeah, and it costs eighty million, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and uh, obviously it can, ca- uh, can carry more fuel, longer range, heavier weapons, and a new generation radar. Obviously, they're not going to uh, divulge into that too much. And the RF will start taking delivery of the 40 new fighters, which are the third version of the Eurofighter jet uh, next year. That's pretty awesome. You definitely look at that one, guys, on that on that on that website. That's yeah. the Telegraph one, that you said that was a Telegraph yes, website. Yeah. And uh, uh, the new Typhoons will carry Storm Shadow cruise missiles, along with Meteor long-range air-to-air missiles. So that is quite a quite an upgrade on the uh, current. Uh, uh, one and obviously, if you click down and scroll down a little bit further, you can see the uh, first flight of the new Typhoon jet in uh, action. So that is uh, something worth looking at. Right, on to another bit of news. Um, sad news and uh, good news, I suppose. Um, Ministry of Defence announces a new Typhoon squadron, one of the oldest squadrons in the Royal Air Force, is to be re-equipped with the latest Typhoon jets, which has been announced. Obviously, they're going to be the new aircraft. The move is part of the transformation of the RAF's combat air capability, which is seeing the battle-proven Tornado GR4s aircraft to be replaced by state-of-the-art Typhoons and F-35B Lightning II fighters, um, which is that uh, new one similar to uh, hover like the Harrier. Number uh, number two, Army Cooperation Squadron, based at RAF Marham in Norfolk, celebrated 100 years service in 2012 and is currently training for its next tour of duty in Afghanistan flying tornado jets early next year after that the process will, will begin the swapping tornadoes for Eurofighter typhoons and transfer to its new base in Lossiemouth, Scotland the move will be announced by the Ministry of State for Armed Forces which is Right Honourable Mark Francis MP and the RAF's long-serving tornado force, under which all GR4s will leave service by 2019. So it looks as though they've got a few more years yet in the old uh, tornado. Yeah. I've um, I've actually seen one of those 
Um, well, quite a few actually. Um, they had uh, one of those fly over at Duxford when I was there one year, a tornado pass, which is which is a very loud aircraft. I've got it to say. is. It's, um, not, it's not. It's not the stealthiest of aircraft. When that's no, <laughs> no. <laughs> I, um, full pelt. No, I love it because um, when they uh, make uh, an appearance at any air show. Um, uh, he folds his wings back straight away and he just whizzes past so it's so fascinating to watch <coughs> excuse me so since being equipped with the tornado <coughs> aircraft in 1989 has mm. served in Libya and the Balkans mm. 1989 it's quite it's quite an old aircraft but I mean to look at it's, it's quite a stunning aircraft to look at from um, from the front view there isn't it? Mm, definitely so I've got another piece of news I've just been looking at here um, <coughs> while Simon's been talking to you guys, and it's um, it's regarding the Osprey. Uh, that's an aircraft that uh, I looked over at Farnborough Air Show last year, the uh, V-22 Osprey. Uh, it's regarding the Japan's uh, self-defense force who are going to require 17 of the uh, U.S. military's controversial Osprey tilt rotor transport aircraft over five years as of next April. Uh, Japan's also going to purchase three surveillance drones and 52 amphibious vehicles to enhance its capability to defend uh, remote islands. So have you um, have you seen the V-22? I know that they're in the UK now. Uh, <clears throat> yes, I saw some at the um, uh, Riyadh Air Show and they're quite uh, interesting uh, to watch uh, flying. They look like scorpions in the air. Have you ever seen them flying around? Yeah, the, I, I mean, I saw one. Obviously, they don't, they flew a, a display at the air show last year at Farnborough and they're a, a really awesome aircraft to see fly and such a distinctive... Um, Noise from the actual rotors themselves. They're sort of more of a thud, sort of boom, 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 yeah, boom, boom, boom when they're when they're flying. And to to watch one actually taxi itself, and obviously um, the way they take off, the way they out. take off is is, is something else it, you've got to see. You it's really elegant, um, if I can say that. It, it looks elegant when it takes off, and they've got to be watching those rotors as they're controlling that aircraft and take off because you turn the. Try and turn them rotors uh, for that on takeoff, and uh, you don't want to be hitting the ground with those. No, I think I think obviously <laughs> learning to fly and stuff, um, learning to fly those particular aircraft must be uh, you know a, a real real challenge for any pilot. Yes, definitely. Yeah, are you right there, Simon? <laughs> That's <laughs> quite strong, that drink. <laughs> Did I? I've made Simon a glass of orange, and I think I've made it uh, far too strong. That's the, that's what comes from having a studio in the kitchen, Simon. You see, yeah. that's, that's the sort of problems we have. Yeah. Um, I'm just reading another piece as well. Uh, India are um, going to start retiring their MiG-21s. So uh, from the 11th of December this month, um, uh, India are going to retire their remaining 124 MiG-21s air fighter uh, jets. Um, it's the first phase of India retiring its uh, MiGs. Um, there were originally twice as many of them in the uh, Indian fleet. Um, they've been steadily getting rid of them. And uh, the MiG was the first supersonic jet in Indian service. Um, and the aircraft originally arrived in the 1960s and 70s. Um, and until their retirement, were used for training uh, new fighter pilots. Um, and they're going to be um, replaced by an as yet um, uh, undisclosed sort of uh, trainer fighter that they're going to be replaced with. So 
an ageing aircraft air, the MiG-21. That's been um, yes. been around quite, quite a number of years. There's been a lot of different variants as well yes, of the MiG yeah. as well, uh, the Russian-built. But um, the um, first flight being in the sort of mid-50s of that one, um, designed by an Artem McCoyan, that was. Yes. Uh, so a bit of, bit of info, info for you there. Um, and just another bit of news I've just looked at as well is that Lockheed Martin are celebrating the 100th F-35 Lightning II um, aircraft. Uh, this was on the 13th of December uh, at a ceremony attended by 2,000 employees and guests at Lockheed Martin. Um, and they were celebrating, as I said, the 100th F-35 Lightning II um, uh, which is quite an achievement. Have you seen the Lightning? The Lightning. Um, I've seen it. F thirty five. React, and uh, he's done a display there, and it was absolutely fabulous. Yeah, I, and, I can't. I haven't seen one. Oh, absolutely fabulous! If you go on YouTube, you can actually uh, see him. Um, the React uh, display that he done. He took off, and then near enough went vertical and straight up in the air. It's unbelievable aircraft. Yeah, their um, their class is uh, the role is a, is a stealth multi-role fighter, and uh, they first flew in two thousand and six that one um, with the United States Air Force and the United States Navy as well, and uh, still being produced as we said. Um, and if you're wondering how much um, one would cost uh, to purchase the F thirty five A. The first variant of that uh, particular aircraft, it would set you back a cool one hundred and fifty-three million U.S. dollars to buy one of those. Quite a lot. Um, the current version, the uh, the new F thirty-five C, which is still is being produced now, the uh, C variant uh, that will cost you just a, a tad under two million dollars at one hundred and ninety-nine point four million dollars. <coughs> So expensive, isn't it? You it can is. see why these, um, the, why the defence costs are quite yes. high when they're aircraft. Yes, yeah, so it's on par with the. Uh, if I calculate that right, it should be on par with. There was eighty million for the Typhoon, so there's not that great deal of difference in price, is there? No, no, but um, that's, that's such an, a massive amount of money, though. Just for one aircraft. Yeah, that's, we'll have to look up. I'm just sort of quickly. Um, Putting in uh, the typhoon here to see if we can get a, a cost of the typhoon to put. Oh, here we go. Here yeah, we go. Eighty million. Yeah, yeah, nine. Yeah, ninety million. Um, ninety million will get you a a typhoon. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> we'll have to start saving uh, some. You'll have to ask um, Lynn if she'll lend you um, yeah. some money yeah. to purchase one. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Any more bits of news, then, Simon? Or are we, uh, um, is that uh, is that all for this I think, week? For uh, that? The way my throat is, we'll call it <laughs> day for this, uh, yes. or call it a night. I think. Yeah, yeah, we'll uh, we'll call that. Uh, we're we're now coming just coming up to one hour and fifteen minutes, so um, yeah, we'll uh, call that an, an end for this uh, particular episode, episode number six of the Plain Talking UK podcast. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna get a try and get another podcast out to you um, just before we hit Christmas. Uh, episode seven we'll get that out just before christmas but please if you are listening do send us some feedback because we as yet haven't had any feedback no, at no all feedback whatsoever. no no we need some we need some feedback we need you guys to tell us um tell us how we're doing uh or not doing 
well yeah. <laughs> as the case probably may be yeah, yeah. Um, but you can uh, you can obviously find us um, uh, on Facebook at Plain Talking UK Plain spelt P-L-A-N-E and also, you can find us now. We, we've got a website. Yeah, that's great. That yeah, is. we've just got had my first look at that, and I am uh, very impressed with that. Um, it's well worth a look. So yeah, uh, go on to uh, go on to www. That's all the w's. Uh, PlainTalkingUK.com. So www. PlainTalkingUK.com. Find us on there. Have a look at our website. You'll be able to um, see some. Pictures of me and Simon on there. Um, Simon looking rather dapper in a in a wedding suit, I must say. <laughs> I'll have to uh, I'll have to see if I can, that is a nice photo, but I'll have to see if I can uh, find another picture of me um, at an air show, which I'm sure I've got. I've got one of me in a I think is the uh, KC one three five cockpit tanker, so uh, we may put that one up as well. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to put that on there. But have a look at that website, plaintalkinguk.com. Have a look on there. Send us some feedback. You can send us some feedback via the website. If you click on the uh, Contact Us um, tab at the top, you can uh, put your bits and pieces and messages and stuff in there, and that will come straight through uh, to uh, our email address, which is uh, plaintalkinguk at hotmail.com. So uh, that's plain, spelt P-L-A-N-E, plaintalkinguk at hotmail.com. Send us an email, drop us a line, say hello to me and Simon. We'll uh, give you a mention on the show as well, or just ask us some questions, really. And if you want us to um, to focus on one particular aircraft uh, on an episode, we can we can put a little uh, segment together, yeah, can't we? Yeah. Some, some history yeah, we on, can, on that particular yeah, we aircraft. Uh, any aircraft, we don't matter what, whether nope. it's a helicopter, nope. or a civil, a military, uh, just uh, as long as it's a tri-star <laughs> red arrows <laughs> say no more say no more but no seriously guys do do um, send us some feedback and um, we'll uh, be back with you like I said hopefully we'll, we'll put another episode out just before the Christmas break and then obviously we will be back in the new year all being well yep. so that's it then for episode 6 of Plain Talking UK um, it's been uh, another good show, Simon. I've really enjoyed it. Yes, it's uh, always good to have you around. Yes, uh, and you, Carlos. Uh, but I'm uh, sorry for the uh, uh, choking and uh, thing. I think it must be some aviation fuel in that drink. <laughs> <laughs> Bit of Jet A1 in the uh, orange juice. Yeah, definitely. So that's it then, guys and girls. Take care, and uh, don't forget uh, to look out for us online and send us some feedback. And uh, from me, Carlos. Uh, take care and goodbye and from you Simon ta-da see you soon goodbye guys bye